and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, a podcast aimed at making your quilting life more fun and creative while connecting with quilters just like you. Join the staff of the magazines you love for a great episode filled with tips and tricks. Enjoy! Hello, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. So how's 2022 going for everyone so far? I know it's only been a few weeks, uh, but I have a finished quilt top, and I have been keeping up with my goals and my healthy habits for the year so far, so I'm feeling pretty positive. January is a time when many people set goals for the year, and after the craziness that was the past few years, I'm ready to make 2022 a better and more productive one. So I asked our staff to share their big quilty dreams they have for this year, and I'm so excited to hear what they have to say. It's so inspiring to hear other people's goals and to make some plans yourself. So I'm going to hand the mic over to my coworkers. Enjoy. This is Jody Sanders, editor of American Patchwork and Quilting. One of my sewing goals for 2022 is to sew up some of the kits that I've purchased over the past couple of years. I like to attend quilting retreats, but I always overpack. I would pack a suitcase full of fabric and another bag with pattern, magazines, and rulers because I was never quite sure what I wanted to make during the three or four days of retreat time. Because I wasn't organized, I flitted from project to project, not really accomplishing much of anything. I'd come home frustrated because I had all this uninterrupted time and all I accomplished was to start more new projects. A couple of years ago, I decided to buy kits specifically to work on during retreats. The patterns, fabric, any notions I needed was all together and I could begin sewing right away. Well, I've been buying kits, but not really attending many retreats the past couple of years. So during 2022, I'm going to have my own quilt retreats, setting aside a day every month or two just to work on my kits and maybe knock off some of those UFOs that I have. Hi, I'm Joanna, the editor of Quiltsmore Magazine. My goal for 2022 is tied to a particular bad habit that I have. Namely, I get so excited for Quilts Along and Block of the Month programs that I sign up for them and never finish a single one. I even have a plastic storage bin in my UFO closet that is dedicated just to failed Quilt Alongs and Blocks of the Month. Also, yes, I do have a dedicated closet just for unfinished projects. We're not going to talk about that. My particular storage bin for the quilt alongs and block of the month even has its own label. It says unfinished quilt alongs. I have a problem. Off the top of my head, there are at least five projects in that bucket at the moment, probably more, and maybe even a few extra that never made it into the bucket. At some point, it counts as a collection of them, right? I'm collecting quilt alongs. That I'm failing at. Anyway, I'm dreaming big this year, so my goal is to clear out at least three of them and to not start any new ones until I do. The not starting new ones part is going to be the hardest for me because I love project planning and pulling fabrics and I want to try all the things, so it's really hard to not start new projects in the middle of old ones. I have a plan though. I'm going to spend at least 20 minutes a week working on my unfinished quilt along projects. I'm also giving myself permission to abandon any of them that I have lost interest in over the years. Some of them are particularly old or I barely started them. So if I end up with a few orphan blocks, that's fine. I can use them in other smaller projects that will be easier to finish. The first two failed quilt alongs that are in my pile are going to be the 2020 and 2021 Quilt Some More Quilt Along quilts that I started to sew along with readers and then never finished. One has a fall theme and the other I was making in Christmas fabrics, so essentially becoming a Christmas theme. Technically I missed both seasons, but if I work on them first, 
I think I'll be able to have them finished in time to enjoy for both holidays and 2022. Please hold me to that. I definitely need to get some finished. This is Doris, editor of Quilt Sampler Magazine. My quilty goal for 2021 was to reduce my list of works in progress and unfinished projects, which I certainly did. I still have UFOs on my shelves, but I did knock out six or seven of them. My resolution for 2022 is to focus extra time on hand sewing, particularly one quilt top that I started hand appliquing borders for in July of 2021. I would love to finish the applique and the quilt top this year so that I can get started on hand quilting it. Hi, this is Elizabeth Stumbo, and my quilting goal for 2022 is to focus on finishing, specifically practicing my skills at quilting on my domestic machine. Now, I have quilted a few smaller projects on my domestic sewing machine in the past with some success and a couple of failures, but I have never attempted to quilt anything larger than a baby quilt on my own. I am much more comfortable sending my quilt tops off to professional. However, I have a couple of quilt tops that I have set aside that I'd like to quilt myself this year. Now, these tops aren't ones that are super precious to me, meaning that I don't have a lot of time or money invested in them. I'd really like to set myself up for success by not rushing through some of those tedious tasks like squaring up my quilt top, uh, taking the time to really trim those loose threads, properly pressing my quilt top, and of course, making sure that I have used enough basting pins. I'd also like to experiment with different techniques for marking my designs, including practicing using a hair marker for some straight line stitching. I'd also like to become more comfortable with hand quilting and would like to finish some smaller projects this year by adding some big stitch quilting to them. I've dabbled a little with this in the past and I found it so fun and relaxing. So I am definitely going to keep my eye out for some smaller projects that would really benefit from having these fun big stitch accents added to them. Hi, I'm Allison, the designer of Quilts and More magazine. Several months ago, I cleaned and reorganized the closet in my sewing room where I store a lot of supplies. Through this process, I found so many unfinished items that I had forgotten about. I have several quilt tops that need to be quilted that I put off for one reason or another. And I also have a lot of miscellaneous quilt blocks. Sometimes I like to make one quilt block, but not necessarily turn it into a quilt. This is a good chance for me to just make something without committing to a large project. It's also an opportunity to practice machine quilting and then I can just turn those blocks into mini wall quilts. Cleaning out my closet made me realize that I'm really good at making an assortment of blocks, but I'm not great at quilting and finishing them. My goal for this year is to work on quilting these tops and blocks that I dug out of my closet. I always enjoy experimenting with different ways to make straight line quilting look unique, but one of my larger goals is to practice free motion quilting. I have free motion quilting capabilities on my home machine, but I've only dabbled in it once or twice. Like many people who try free motion quilting for the first time, I get frustrated with how bad the results are and then I just give up. This year, I'm not going to give up and I'm going to continue to practice and just push through. The nice thing about working on individual blocks rather than larger quilt tops is that I'm not really out much time or fabric if I mess it up. Hopefully by the end of the year, I'll have quilted all of my miscellaneous projects and improved my quilting along the way. Hey, it's Lindsay. So it's time for me to share my quilty goals for the year. Every year, it seems like my goal has been to finish UFOs. Um, and it sounds like a lot of my coworkers still have that goal too. But this year, I only have one small UFO left. So I now feel like I have this freedom to make things that I've always wanted to make. So I have all these inspiration boards and I've saved images on Pinterest and Instagram of quilts I love. Um, and there's no time like the present for me. So some of the quilts I've been dying to make are um, some sort of quilts made with a bear's paw block, 
and I've never made one before and I just love the look of the block so much. Um, and there are so many versatile patterns out there for both traditional and kind of modern layouts of this block, so I have a lot to explore and choose from. I also want to make one of those puff quilts that seems like everyone are making right now. They're so popular. Um, they look so cozy and it's just such a fun way to showcase my favorite fabrics. And I was originally drawn to this quilt because of a Christmas version I saw, um, but now I'm thinking that I might make it to match my bedroom so that I can kind of drape it off the end of the bed and it might look really stylish that way. Um, and I just know our cat will love laying on it. So <laughs> I think uh, I'll have to make it cat friendly for him. I've been saving some cat fabric, so maybe I'll throw some in for him. <laughs> and lastly, I really want to make a pineapple block quilt. So I have started cutting all of my scraps into strips the last few months because I knew I wanted to make one of these quilts. Um, so I think it'll end up being kind of a fun rainbow pineapple quilt with maybe a low volume scrappy background. Um, but I'm just really excited to finally have the time and the space to explore some of these projects that have been on my to make list for years. I'd love to hear your quilting goals. So feel free to email me at apqpodcast at meredith.com um, and we'll list that email in our show notes. You all inspire me so much. So I would love to hear from you and cheer you on this year. We're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're chatting with quilting health expert, Rose Parr. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. The new year has us thinking about our health and our hobbies, so we're so excited to chat with Rose Parr, a quilter with professional certifications in holistic nutrition, ergonomics, personal training, home economics, and more. Her book, So Healthy and Happy, is a must-have guide for makers, and it was one of our top book choices for last year. My coworker Elizabeth has quite a few healthy sewing questions for Rose, so I'm going to hand the mic over. Enjoy their chat. Well, hello, Rose. Thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast today. We're just so excited to get to know you better and to have you share your expertise with us. Well, thanks for having me, Elizabeth. I'm very excited too. Yeah, so I just think this is the perfect time of year to have you as a guest on our podcast. Um, you know, we're starting a new year, we're in 2022. And I know at the beginning of the year, a lot of people think about starting some new healthy habits. And a lot of times we don't necessarily think about healthy habits when it comes to our quilting and our hobbies. And you really think differently about that and think that it's super important to focus on our health and our happiness when it comes to quilting. So I just think this is the perfect time of year to be having this conversation with you. So thank you for joining us. So you are not only a quilter, but you also have a strong background in wellness and ergonomics. So I just know we have lots to learn from you today. So why don't we start with having you share a bit about yourself, maybe how you got started in quilting, and then how you kind of tied quilting together with this passion and background in wellness. Okay. Uh, well, I um, I always I always say in my um, bio and that that I've been um, uh, sewing for forty years and quilting for thirty, and uh, I've actually been sewing for more than forty years, but that just sounded good. <laughs> um, and I haven't been quilting continuously for thirty years. I made my first quilt thirty years ago, and then took many many year break as I had my kids and everything, and I was sewing, you know, curtains and 
clothes and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was lucky. My my mom was a sewer and a quilter. So I just, it was just osmosis, really. It was just, just, just sort of picked it up. So I, I was, I was quite young. Uh, and then I, after high school, attended uh, an agricultural college and studied home economics and uh, nutrition and risk management. And then uh, went, came here to Guelph, to University of Guelph. And then long story short, I uh, met my husband and we soon had four uh, four kids under the age of four. So that, oh, wow. kept us, yeah, I know. I don't, I, I love them dearly, but I don't recommend it. <laughs> it was not done on purpose. We had twins at the end. So oh, wow. anyways, uh, I had twins at the end. I don't know why we always say we, but anyways. <laughs> and, um, so then I started, um, uh, once they were in school and everything, um, I started a home-based personal training business. It was called Wellington Wellness because we're in Wellington County. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would see clients in my basement. I have a, a garage, a, um, a door through my garage, and you just come into the basement and everything. And so I did that for about 15 years. And it worked out really well because I could, like, I could pick them up for lunch if I wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, with my kids back and forth and that. And, um, so then after a while I started thinking, you know, do I want to be a 90 year old personal trainer? Like this is, (laughs) I don't want to do this forever, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I had picked up quilting again as the, as the kids got older and I had, was taking my quilts to a long armor, uh, who is fantastic. And I started thinking, well, you know, maybe this could be like my next career is, is I'll get a long arm and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, so I always joked that for the first year I had my long arm, my personal training clients were actually paying for my long arm, uh, you know, until I got to know what I was doing and getting long arm clients and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I slowly phased out one and went right into the other. Uh, but one of my um uh, she was a personal training client and a long arm client. She was a quilter and she'd been a personal training client of mine for like about 10 years. Uh, I specialized in resistance training and older adults and, and things like that. But, um, and over the years I had given her lots of pointers and tips and she would see how I did things. And she said to me, now you should really come and talk to the guild about this stuff. And I was like, sure. Okay. Um, and I was very comfortable doing presentations because over the years I had also consulted with a corporate wellness company. And, um, through that I, uh, became certified in office ergonomics, which transfers beautifully to our sewing table. I mean, it's really, it's the same setup when you look at how you're doing it. Um, and so I said, sure, I can do that. And so I did a few, um, guild presentations, you know, fairly nearby, um, and then, um, I ended up teaching at festival of quilts in England. Uh, mm-hmm. and that, yeah, that happened. That was just, was just fantastic. And so after that, of course, then my, um, my guild talks took off and that was 2019. And so, um, I don't know, next thing you knew, I was writing a book with CNT publishing, uh, really based on a lot of my PowerPoint information um and different things and then when um the shutdown started happening and the guilds stopped meeting and we were doing zoom presentations then i went from doing you know three or four talks a year to doing in in 2021 i think i did 52 talks oh it was (laughs) it was just insane and that was really doing none over the summer that was really uh, that was it was it was really crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kept thinking all the time, well, it's just short term. I won't be doing this forever. And, I, and then, you know, it's still, I'm booked now. I actually have one book for 2023, if you can believe oh, wow. it. I'm booked into 2022 and 2023. And I now have five lectures instead of one. And yeah, it's, it's really been mm-hmm. insane. Yeah. That's a lot of growth. Uh, for those of our listeners that might not, might not be as familiar with the term um, ergonomics, can you explain a little bit about what that is and, you know, especially what that means in terms of quilting, what can we be doing? You know, ergonomics really just means doing something comfortably and efficiently. Mm. Uh, And I always um, stress in my lectures and and one of my kids that heard it said, you shouldn't say that. It sounds so negative. And I said, well, it's true. And that's that, you know, all the research that's been done into ergonomics has been done by um, uh, industry manufacturing so they could get the most out of their employees possible without them being on, in Canada, we call it workman's compensation. I don't know what you guys call it, but yes, on being in 
leave on having, you know, repetitive strain injuries on having carpal tunnel surgery. Like, you know, they didn't do it out of the goodness of their hearts. They did it as a smart business move. Mm -hmm. And so basically I've taken all that research and then applied it to um, our sewing areas. And so whether it's the correct height to have your ironing board or your cutting table, the, the correct position to use your rotary cutter and things like that. So it's, it's, for us, it's all about doing things as comfortably and as efficiently as possible. Mm -hmm. And my whole thing is that, um, and I don't talk about this very much because I always cry. So um, is that my mom had to stop doing things really early. Um, And so I always say, you know, I learned a lot of good things from her. And I saw a lot of the ways not to do things too. Mm -hmm. And um, she had a lot of arthritis and lots of issues going on. And so she had to stop doing everything. Like I think she was she was young. Uh, she was less than 70, I think, or early 70s when she just stopped, had to stop everything. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's all about being able to do things as long as possible, whether it's being able to do things in a long stretch of time and then just breaking it up into different jobs you're doing. So you're not sitting do at one workstation, like you're not at your cutting table for four hours, right? You break it up to different things. Um, and also, so I can do it as long as possible in terms of years. Like, you know, when I meet people that are in their nineties and, and they're still doing handwork and they're still doing hand quilting, I'm like, wow, like you've been doing something right all these years. Well, you wouldn't still be able to do that. And so that's, that's sort of where I'm coming from with that. That's, that's my goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that makes so much sense. I, when I was reading your book, I really liked what you said about how as quilters, you know, we always think about regular maintenance for our sewing machine and a lot of the equipment in our spaces. But you really argue that the most like expensive and important piece of equipment in our space is ourselves, is our bodies. Absolutely. And we need to take care of that just as much as we do our, our sewing machines, our long arm machines. So um, you can always get a new sewing machine if it breaks. Right. Right. You know, I always say, depending on whether I'm talking to Canadians or Americans, I have to switch it around because, because I always say, you know, replacement parts are either really expensive or really hard to come by. (laughs) Right. Because you guys, you know, pay for some of your surgeries and on, but in Canada, we're always like, send us to the U S cause we'll get it done faster. Even if we have to pay for it, because yeah. in Canada, you can be waiting a year to get a hip or a knee replacement. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we can't just get a new, you know, there's, there's a saying, I actually just used it, um, this week in a, in a thing on Instagram. Um, and it's from Jim Rohn, who's like a Zig Ziglar type of motivational speaker. And he always says, you know, take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live. Mm, right. We, we so don't get, get, you know, we have no warranties and no guarantees. So, yeah, well, and, and that's what we all want. We want a long and healthy life, especially when it comes to pursuing our passions. We want to be able to pursue those for as long as possible and to do that pain-free. So you've really come together with lots of tips for people on how to do this and you share it through your book and your classes. But um, I'm wondering if there's, you know, as we're talking to our listeners today, if there is, um, you know, if there's one thing they could change today that would make um, a big impact in the longevity of their sewing life, what what would be like that one top tip that you could give them today? Uh, my my big thing is so I, I talk about being efficient. Um, and I talk about work triangles and and things like that in our work triangle. And so I always talk about having actually the most inefficient work triangle that you can have, which means that so the big thing to do is to move your ironing board to move your ironing board as far away from your sewing machine as you can have it. Uh, Because you know, every time you get up and you pump blood every time you move circulation, you know, if you have a small area, and you only are walking two steps to your ironing board, it's still better than when you have that little pressing mat beside you and you turn to press because, you know, you think you're being really efficient. You're saving all this time, but you know, you're going to pay for that time later in aches and pains. Or I always say, you know, going to the freezer for your ice pack, going to the microwave for your flaxseed wrap or whatever. And so if you can just really train yourself to just take those few steps um, whenever you can over to that iron, because the cutting table, it doesn't matter quite so much because we're not going back and forth to it as much. 
But I mean, how often do we go from our sewing machine to our ironing board back and forth and back and forth? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's my number one pet peeve, I guess you'd call it, is uh, because I know I used to be the Quilts of Valor rep for my area years ago, and I would host sewing days and sewing bees. And you see the, the the pros show up that do a lot of retreats and a lot of workshops, and they've got mm-hmm. the wagons and everything's on wheels. And so that's all great the way they're doing that. But then they would sit down and set up and they'd have their little cutting mat and their little pressing mat right beside them. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have to move till lunch, you know? Um, and so that's the first time I actually really ever saw that, to be honest. And I was like, whoa, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think that we think we're saving a lot of time when we're doing that, but we pay for it later. Mm-hmm. I think that's so smart. Cause I, I think that's the first time I've really thought about that in a different way too. Cause I think I've been trained to think about being efficient by having everything right next to you. So you don't have to get up and move around and you're not wasting, you know, quote unquote, wasting time. But uh, even that simple tip, like you said, move your, your ironing board a little bit farther away, forcing you to get up and take those breaks. Uh, I think that's really smart. And I've never really thought about it that way because I definitely have been guilty of sitting at retreat centers, you know, and, and not moving for hours sure, <laughs> and sure. don't well, even and realize it. And it's not, I mean, don't think of it as taking a break either because you are still working. That's true. right. It's just how you're working. You know, it's, um, you know, if you're, if you're taking a break, then, you know, have a cup of tea, put your feet up, you know, yeah. um, because it is, but uh, yeah. And I know, and I know it, it's, uh, and it's not about, counting steps or anything like that. I mean, even if somebody has um, a lower body issue where, you know, walking is not the easiest for them, then even if they just stand up to their ironing board beside them, they will still get the blood pumping and still like, I'm all about circulation and blood flow. And I I talk a lot um, during my, um, my, my so smart lecture, which is sort of like my main one. If anybody's booking my lectures, there's five of them, but they, I always recommend they book that one first because it's the information that you just, you're not going to find other places, you know, mm-hmm. the, um, and so every time that you, every time you bend your wrist, like, so if your ironing board is too high and you have to come up over the top of your iron to hang on to it and you're bending your wrist, mm-hmm. uh, then you're disrupting circulation. If you are, uh, coming up to your, sewing machine and it's too high on your table and your forearms are digging into the table, your wrists are digging into the machine and they're bent and everything. Every time you disrupt circulation, it's not enough. Like your hand doesn't fall asleep. You don't have pins and needles, but you are restricting blood flow. And Mm -hmm. and it's like, if you picture a garden hose that you squeeze and you have a trickle of water coming out instead of a full stream, that's what you're doing to your blood flow and your circulation every time that you um, trap it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And so it's really just about those simple adjustments that you can make. And you really do such a great job of that in your book about not only, you know, describing those adjustments, but also showing them because you have wonderful illustrations in there that really help people break down, um, you know, the right height and how to figure out the right height for your sewing table, your ironing board and all of that. So it's a very visual book and I love that about it. So that's wonderful. So yeah, it's really about those simple things that you were talking about and in, in restricting, not restricting blood flow. And, and I know quilting, we have so much of it is repetitive motions. So yeah. it's just maybe a little bit about taking, not taking a break, like you said, but uh, changing what you're doing. Um, and so you're not just sitting in one spot for hours and hours and hours doing the same thing, correct? There's a saying, I don't know where it's from, if it's, I don't know if it's from fitness or where it's from anyways, um, but they'll always say the best position is the next position, <laughs> right? That's, that's whatever. And then, you know, I always used to say, my chiropractor always taught me years ago that motion is lotion. I mean, I've got arthritis. I've got mild uh, carpal tunnel from like 14 years ago. I've got SI joint issues. I've got so many things going on in my body that it's just like, what's going to hurt today, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he taught me that motion is lotion. And every time you move, I mean, when you're younger, you actually promote more synovial fluid around your joints. And then as you get older, you're sort of moving it around or, you know, um, but yeah, it, it, it just, and, the, and that's, uh, um, 
something else that that I'm a big fan of, and maybe we'll get to this after, but again, is the spontaneous stretching mm -hmm. um, that I'm always on about. So it's, it's again, I mean, I'm all for taking breaks. Don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, but in, instead of like, you know, stopping everything and, you know, getting down on the floor for 20 minute stretch or whatever, that's fine to do. Um, but I'm more about thinking about spontaneous stretching. So it's just constant. Like, as I'm sitting here talking to you, I could put my arms behind my chair because the, our, our chest muscles get really tight when we're in the forward position and mm -hmm. we're in that position all the time, whether we're driving, reading, texting, typing, sewing, knitting, no matter what it is, we're always like the a, a forward. Mm -hmm. And so anytime you can just open your arms and, and, and open your chest, you're, you're going to feel better. Mm -hmm. Uh, or if you're, you know, you're waiting for a bobbin to load, then you can do something like I'm all about, you know, just fitting it in all making it a habit, a constant habit. And it's different for different people. Like, I mean, 99% of quilters will have a really tight chest, they'll have hip flex, hip tight hip flexors, where that's where the pockets on your jeans are on the front, because we're okay. sitting, you know, when they're bent up. Um, you know, most of us will have hand and wrist issues because we're using those over and over again. Uh, but for me, I have, I have really tight calves and I pulled an Achilles, I've sprained a foot, I've broken a foot. And so I'm always, um, if I'm going up and down stairs, I mean, not always, but you know, I will stop and drop my heels down to stretch my Achilles. You may never need to do that. That may not be a thing for you, but it's just something to be always thinking about just as uh, during your daily activities, mm -hmm. just being aware of those things, those things that might cause you issue. And it's personal for each person. Right. Yeah. Is there, um, you know, something that maybe quilters don't think about very often that might be surprising that we need to be thinking about and be aware of? Um, I think it's more a combination of a, a lot of things that add up. Uh, and so when I talk about the disrupting the circulation, if, if the only, um, uh, less than ideal setup you had in your sewing room, say your ironing board was too high. Mm -hmm. And so when your hand comes up over top of that iron, you've got that bend there, but then you also, your shoulder comes up and your shoulder stays up. So then you have tension in your neck and you don't understand why your shoulders are so tight. Mm -hmm. uh, if that was the only thing you had to worry about, then, you know, you can deal with that. They're going to loosen up and everything, but it's not because it, it, it's then there's something else at the sewing machine and then there's something else at the cutting table. There's something maybe in the way that you're um, shoveling snow or the way that you're, you know, you're, you know, I always, I always say it's funny because we would never drive a car without adjusting the seat, mm -hmm. but never. Right. You know, but we don't think twice about just sitting down at some random chair and table and starting to sew, uh, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not so much that there's one specific area. It's more that it's such a cumulative effect that all the little areas add up, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Um, and I think one thing that surprised me was uh, you have a whole section on vision and eye care. Which, you know, I think we're all used to um, talking about, you know, eye care and eye strain because we're in front of so many little screens every single day. And I know my eye doctor has told me about that a little bit too, but I've never thought about vision in terms of quilting, but of course it's visual. It's important. It's a, you talk about in your book about that concept of 2020, about having your eyes take a break. And I love that you have this tip about, you know, like putting stuff on the walls of your sewing room. So it causes you to look up and enjoy yeah. things around you and take a break from what you're, you know, rest your eyes on something different and look up. Yeah. I, I just did a really fun reel. Um, and it, I just, I posted it yesterday. At, it's on my Instagram at, it's on my Facebook too, but it's on my Instagram at healthy quilting uh, because I um, had my husband help me put up a, a peg a pegboard mm -hmm. um, on the wall. And it, it's not quite in front of my sewing machine. I, I probably have the only sewing studio in the world that has a, a five foot by five foot mirror in front of my sewing machine. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's because I used to have um, three of them like lined up along the walls of the studio. Mm -hmm. And uh, I took one down and it was no problem into the graduate went. I took the next one down and it shattered into a million pieces. <laughs> and so the last one, I thought, I'm just going to leave this here um, because it works really well because my uh, sewing machine faces it. 
and then it reflects uh, the windows behind me mm. so I can I can see outside but then also my long arm is behind me so when I'm at the long arm I can look up outside and it brings the light like it works really well for reflecting yeah. light so I've kept it so um, that's directly in front of me and so I have lots to look up at there uh, but then just a little bit to the right of that I had a wall and I had a bulletin board and just a bunch of junk on there um, and so I redid it all into this pegboard and my pegboard, it's not so much for sewing room organization. It's more, it has like, I don't know, call it vision board, call it whatever you want. There's plants, there's a few tools and a few things, mm -hmm. but it's really just one more thing to prompt me to look up. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'm going to actually, I've got something else I'm going to put up across the top that I haven't finished yet. But, um, and same with that, your, um, your ironing board, wherever, wherever it is set up as well. And if it, you have a television in front of it, fine, whatever it is, you know, because you just want something that prompts you and, and reminds you to look up. And so when I'm uh, sewing, and so when we talked about the glasses and the blue, uh, the blue light glasses and, and things like that, um, you know, we may think that we're not staring at a computer screen while we're sewing. Um, but to be honest, a lot of us are watching a computer screen while we're sewing, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, the world of Netflix or, you know, even in just everything. Um, and so on my sewing table, I use a, it's like a wire rack that you get from um, the dollar store or whatever. And um, I put my laptop on there and then I'm not looking down at my sewing machine and then turning and looking down at my laptop. So if I have to look down at my sewing machine, but then it prompts my eyes to come up just at eye level to look over at my laptop. Mm -hmm. So again, things like that, anything that prompts the eye to look up um, just keeps us from constantly being, you know, down, down. Yeah. Right. Because if, if not, we'll spend our, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, I don't know what our kids are going to be like as far as text neck and text neck and things like that, because, you know, this has only gotten worse for all of us with the addition of typing and texting and, and all of that, in addition to looking down while we're sewing and quilting, where um, I know with, with my kids, they've been looking down at their phones since they were 15, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be, but I think they are educated and, and they're aware of it after mm -hmm. a while, you know? Yeah. I think that's um, the key is like to be aware of those things. And so how we can, um, put things in our, <clears throat> excuse me, put things in our, in our day and our routine to help us um, with that awareness. So, yeah. Hey, it's Lindsay. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but we have to take a quick ad break. We'll be back soon with more from Rose. Well, I just have loved our conversation so much so far. Um, we've talked a lot about your book um, and you have more than just, you know, like tips for your sewing space and there. There's so much more in it. Could you tell our listeners a little bit more about what's inside of your book also? Uh, so it's divided into two sections and the first section is uh, focuses on ergonomics and there's a little bit of theory, not, not much, but just a little bit so that like, I, I really want to teach the theory so people can then apply the basic guidelines to a total other area I never even thought of, or that doesn't even pertain to this area, but something else in their life. And they can say, Oh, okay. I know I need to start with my baseline ergonomic angle. And then where do I go from there? And so there, there's a bit of background. Uh, yeah. And then I just sort of touch on all the areas of our studio. Like you said, the lighting um, vision, uh, I don't know that I got into the hearing and the um, specialized earphones in that. Um, I, I talk more about it now. That can be um, book 2.0. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, we CT published it. We we've talked about it. Um, <laughs> but um, but then it gets into again how to take your own measurements for your own area because just because I'm five three in shoes, I'm a big person about always wearing shoes. But anyways, um, uh, I'm five three in shoes, and so just because my measurements are that way, it does not mean yours will be if you're also the same height, because, you know, I'm short waisted, I have short arms, like it all just depends on the person. So it really explains to people exactly how to lay out their specific means mm -hmm. um, in sewing, cutting, uh, pressing everything. And then a little bit about hand stitching um, and a little bit about long arming, not, not much, just a little bit. And um, then the back half is all, um, 
stretches. And I call them stretches for quilters because you don't need to get on the floor uh, because I don't know about you, but there's lots of days I don't want to get on the floor of my sewing room um, because it's, it's pretty bad. Well, you just be covered Uh, in red all the time. (laughs) Well, exactly. Um, And, but it's, it's also just um, for a lot of people, it's difficult to get up and down off of the floor. I mean, I've trained a lot of people where it wasn't just a quick, easy thing, which means that they're not going to do it. You're not going to take the time. And we don't want to take this big, um, you know, we don't want to make it a big deal. We want it to just happen naturally. And so that's why I'm always talking about this spontaneous stretching. You know, you go to your ironing board, you're waiting for it to warm up. Um, and uh, so you, you stop and you just do a little stretch there or something mm-hmm. or, or whatever it's, whatever you're winding your bobbin or, you know, when we're sewing in that, we spend a lot of time deciding, and thinking, okay, well, you know what, am I going to add the border now? Am I going to add it tomorrow? And so that's just a good time to throw in a little bit of something while while you're doing that. Um, and they're all uh, beginner moves. There are some modifications in there, but they're not designed for, you know, the biggest stretch you ever had in the world or anything. You know, mm-hmm. they're just designed to be built into your daily activity. Um, and so and that's nice. And all that's nice because all the illustrations I had done, they're all done in a sewing room. So it's just, it's just nice to see that way. Yeah. And the book has a, a, a coil, um, binding. So you can, you can lay it flat if, if you choose. Um, there's a couple recipes at the end from a friend of mine, uh, Rosalie Brown, who's a big Canadian fitness superstar. And I've known her for, well, our husbands went to school together is how long I've known her. And, um, and she's actually got a recipe book coming out, um, soon, I think, but, um, she's got a couple recipes in there because she's a very simple, simple cook. And so she'll do things like make um, mini quiches in a muffin pan that you just grab for lunch or something, mm-hmm. you know, just eggs and cheese in a muffin pan or something. Um, or like no bake um, protein snacks or something. So they're really simple and user friendly. Uh, I'm a big smoothie fan. I always have been. And mostly because I hate doing dishes and I'm just lazy. <laughs> um, and so there's a guideline in the back as to how to build your smoothie. So you want to have, you know, your protein, you want to have a bit of fat, um, your, your berries can be your carbs. And so you make it, make it balanced so that it um, can sustain you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I also was really fortunate to be able to have uh, input from a lot of um, really experienced quilters, really long term, uh, not only just quilters, but people who do things I don't do. And so I reached out to um, there's 18 tipsters, as I call them. Three of them are health and wellness, and then 15 of them are from the quilting world. Uh, but it's it's people who do embroidery and I don't do embroidery or it's um, people who do um uh, like Melissa Marginette does um, uh, machine quilting and so tips on that and Krista Watson also who does machine quilting and t- tips on on things like that because I don't I don't do that uh, I always say I was such a terrible machine quilter I started a business <laughs> <laughs> the long arm business because I'm a terrible machine I, j- domestic machine quilter uh-huh. um, you know Joe Avery does a lot of uh, improv and hand stitching just all those all those things and so included all their tips in there. And um, I had a bit of a different vision for that because um, there used to be these cookbooks out called Looney Spoons. I don't know if you guys had them or not. They were Canadian authors, but every page was just a cluttered mess of jam packed tips and useful information and all that. So in my mind, that's what I was going for. Uh, luckily, CNT Publishing didn't do that. And it's very clean. And you can see they're just across the bottom and they're very neat. So it turned out probably for the best um, that the way they laid it out. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just a very user-friendly, um, like I said, uh, when I talk about the, the hearing protection now, there's still lots more that I, I would have added, but I mean, you only have so many pages and you only have so much you can put in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had, a, I had a whole bunch of, I had, um, like studio des- design, um, like, you know, the interior design cutouts and templates that you get when you're, I had a whole bunch of those in sewing machines and cutting tables where you could actually lay out your sewing room, but we just didn't have room for everything. So yeah, we're, we're, we have talked about a second one, but who knows? Right. Well, it sounds like you have more than enough content for all kinds of future things down the road, whether it's another book or you also mentioned earlier, you do a lot of um, teaching and lecturing too. So um, are those on a variety of topics also? 
Yeah, like I said, the main one that I do is called So Smart, The Ergonomics of Healthy Quilting. And it really um, touches on, um, you know, all, all of the things that, that we've discussed, uh, that we've discussed. I would have liked to have included more stretches in it as well. But again, in 45 minutes and then with questions, there just is not time. Mm -hmm. So then I developed a, a second one that's called machine maintenance. Um, and it is uh, um, more about stretches uh, for quilters. And then uh, I'm also a um, holistic nutritionist. And so then it focuses as well on, you know, eating for inflammation and eating healthy fat and different things that can help us stay more pain-free that way. Uh, and so that's in machine maintenance. Uh, and then again, in the so smart lecture, I touch on a few uh, ergonomic tools, but again, there's not the space. So then I have a separate lecture that's just called um, the, the ergonomic toolbox. And it's just about, you know, I say it's 15, but it ends up being more, of course, and it, and it does change um, as to things that I find the most useful. Um, and not only that I find the most useful, but then how to use them okay. uh, when, once you get them. And it doesn't really matter the brand uh, necessarily. Some of them only have one brand, but like if I'm talking about an AccuQuilt, because I love my AccuQuilt, you can use another cutting system and still get the same benefits, right? Mm -hmm. Or if it's a cutter or a ruler or whatever it is. Uh, and then there's another one that's called loving your long arm, because frankly, most of the time I don't love my long arm at all, uh, <laughs> because it's a very, uh, it, it can be very tough on the body, the long arm, uh, mm -hmm. just depending on the type of work that you're doing. And, uh, again, you know, I talked about before the next position is always the best position. Mm -hmm. And the big thing I found with long arm machines is don't think that because the way it was first set up and some companies have better ways of setting it up and actually fitting it to you, but quite often it's done. Okay. How does that feel? And you go, oh, okay, that feels great. Cause you don't know what you're doing mm -hmm. and they think that they really helped and that's all great. But so I always say, don't think that the first position your long arm is in is the best position. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, I, it took me a long time to get mine where I, I wanted it to be. And I just changed it again over Christmas actually. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's that way. Um, and then I have another one and it's, uh, it's fun. It's, uh, it's called uh, quilting is my therapy. It's more than just a hashtag. Mm -hmm. And uh, because it, it focuses on, there was um, a paper done um, a, a while ago and they looked at a hundred different studies of why creativity and using your hands um, are good for your brain and good for your mm -hmm. soul and, and, and things like that. And so it, again, it explains the reasons why, and then it looks at, so do we benefit more if we do things in a group, if we do things on our own, um, you know, what, what is it that connects um, the, the nerves uh, with our hands to the synapses in our brain, just different things like that. So, oh, that, so one's, that one's, yeah, that one's really, is really interesting. I don't do that one uh, very often because I, like I said, it's, it's best to start, um, with the ones that your, your guild's going to really get the most out of. Um, and then, you know, if I come back, I can do, I can do something else, you know? Mm -hmm. mm, so good. So, um, what is the best way? So if any of our listeners are interested in having you, um, come speak with them, what is the best way for them to reach out to you? And also, uh, you have a, a website and a blog too. So what's the best way for people to stay connected with you? So my website is healthyquilting.com. Um, super original, I know. Uh, <laughs> right to the point. I love it. It'll be easy to remember. And um, yeah, if you go there, then there's there's information on the different talks and and there, you know, you can contact me through that. And then I do um, regular blog posts on there. And if you, you know, if you sign up for the newsletter, then you can get in the newsletter. I always try to have, well, it, it, it points to my latest blog post. So then they find out about it. Um, I usually try, I try to have them find out about it first, but, um, and then there's always um, a stretch and uh, quite often there's a free, like a self-care pattern. So whether it be the flaxseed wrap, or um, I do this thing with my infinity scarf where I wrap it around and make it a back posture reminder sort of thing and different things like that. 
Um, and so that's all on there as well. Right now I'm actually doing something different. Um, I'm hosting a, a sober uh, January and it's S-E-W-B-E-R. Um, so <laughs> I said, you know, we've all, I mean, myself included, I mean, the last couple of years of really not having to go anywhere, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, happy hour is happy hour and then <laughs> Christmas and just everything. And so um, I, for one, have uh, had way too much wine in the last year than, mm-hmm. than I normally would have. And so it's a dry January and I'm not doing anything like I'm not sending emails or I'm not doing anything special about it. It was just sort of a way to reach out to the Instagram and the Facebook community and say, okay, I'm doing this. Somebody do it with me. Um, And so there's, there's a little bit on, on the website about that, just some, you know, the health benefits and and that. Mm. Um, And then um, I'm on Instagram a lot. I I love Instagram. I really do. The stuff I see on there every day um, and especially so many of the quilts that I see and I, I never say this because it sounds insulting and I don't mean it as an insult, but I see so many quilts and I think, duh, why didn't I think of that? You know, <laughs> right? like they've done something so simple and I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Just turn the block that way, you know? Yeah. So I, I love Instagram. Well, this is really just the tip of the iceberg. Like you have so much content to share with people, um, but I just really hope that our listeners have gotten some information from this and some tips and tricks to start using and um, can al- always reach out to you and, and find more information. But thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today. Um, I know that I've learned a lot from our conversation and from your book. And I just know that our quilters and our listeners will too. So um, I know we all just want to have a lifetime of healthy and happy sewing. So thank well, you for joining us. Yeah. Well, thanks, Elizabeth. And you know, if anybody, if if anybody just has a general question as well, and they just want to email me, I am happy to answer. You know, people have sent me pictures about, oh, I have this and this, and what am I going to do? Like, I'm I'm happy to help with that too. It's it's fun. So, anyway, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Lindsay. Thanks so much to Rose and Elizabeth for that enlightening chat. We've gotten some emails recently asking us to speak about healthy sewing on this podcast, and we thought Rose was the perfect expert to bring in. So we'll link to her website and social media in the show notes so that you can connect with her more. Her website, book, and social media sites are great resources for information and learning, and I especially love the videos she posts on Instagram. And if you're interested in learning more, consider having your quilt group book rows for a workshop. We all deserve to live long and healthy lives, um, and especially ones where we're able to pursue our passions and hobbies. Thanks everyone for joining us, and we'll chat with you all next week. and thanks for listening. Keep in touch. American Patchwork and Quilting is on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram at All People Quilt. Email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. Resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. And if you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week.